Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for students looking to get ahead, but a terrible resource for becoming a world champion figure skater. Though ask me on my off hours. Fair. I've been busting out those quints all day long. Yep. Even though they are physically is impossible. Short, is that short for Quintons? Is that yes? That's a, a what, trick named after an ice skater named Quinton. Is there an ice skater named Quentin? I don't know. Probably, this is canon There now. probably is one. Quentin's an ice skater now. Someone. Yeah. Uh, actually, a Quint is... Well, you know what? Let's never say never, but there was an article saying a Quint is almost impossible physically. So far. Due to physics. Yeah, we'll see. We'll break physics. Neil deGrasse Tyson thinks he's solved the problem. Okay. It's so it's so simple in his mind. Well, he could probably do it. He's Yeah, he probably... He's, well, you mean, you look at the guy. He's I got assume. the body of a figure skater. Yep. No, when I met him, he he was saying, all you got to do is put weights in your hands, and then when you spin, you pull the weights in to uh, bring the centrifugal force to the center, which mm-hmm. will increase the spin. Uh, but then he, he told that to a figure skater, and she's like, yeah, but having the weights in your arms in the first place will make it harder to start the spin. So there's a counter problem. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we ever get the first quint. Hasn't been done, except for by me in my practice hours, but... I like well, you don't show private. off. I don't like to show off. No. I don't want to make all those other figure skaters feel bad about themselves. You just want to like sideways show off by loosely referencing it. Yeah, I just loosely reference it. That's it. You know, I just kind of off the cuff here yeah. and there. Just, that's all I want to do. That's mm. the only way he I He doesn't have that written on his arm. He didn't want to talk about this all day. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to point out how good you are at stuff. <laughs> anyway... My name is Thomas Frank, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Martin. And I'm also here with my very emo-looking hair, because I got a haircut literally right before this podcast and didn't have time to style it. And I was also wearing the Deerstalker in the last episode. And I'm still wearing the business shirt, because I want to go out and buy a waistcoat. I want to be wearing what you would wear under a waistcoat. That would make make sense. So I'm just going to not change, because I don't want to change twice. So, yeah, you get me in sort of costume for two episodes. Ooh. Where's your sort of costume? Where's your dedication? Oh, I'm not dedicated. <laughs> That's okay. I'm just not that into anything. We don't need dedication know? here. I just, yeah, productivity, <laughs> eh. eh. What's needs that? It. Yeah. All right, so we got five questions today. Uh, and <clears throat> we we're do. flipping the script this week because you have the five questions on your computer. Oh, I do. We're literally flipping the script over we here. Are. Exactly. It's on my side of I the have, table now. I have sponsor information. That's, I don't have uh, that. That will not become relevant to me until later. Yes. Until after the episode is done and then it will be spliced into the middle. Yes. But until then I have nothing except for the fact that I know what five questions is in terms of a format. That's good. That's actually a pretty good start. And we haven't done one in I think seven episodes. That's a long time. It's been kind of a long time. Yeah. We usually have maybe three or four in between five questions. Yeah. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, Every few weeks, maybe every four, I would say. I would on say average. once a month, month yeah. and a half is the regular rate. Yeah, it's a good rate. We take five questions from you guys. We take them from Instagram. We take them from the Reddit. We take them from our Discord if I see them. Um, we take them from Twitter. Yep. We take them from the Ether if you're able to telepathically connect with us in that manner. And we answer them in a lightning round kind of fashion. So. Rather than the episode being about one specific topic, it is about five. Oh, it's a grab bag. It is a grab bag. It's exciting. Oh, yes. And uh, This is a loot want, box. It is. It's like a loot box, yeah. <laughs> Except for you didn't have to pay for it's it. It's 99 cents, actually. All you had to do was hit download on your podcast app. And if you have the automatic downloads, then you don't have to do that. I'll set up the microtransactions later. There we go, yeah. That'll it's help. Two gems per question. Now, gems are five what bucks is each. Gems are five. <laughs> but it's only two gems. That's a good We're deal. We're going to make so much money. <laughs> anyway, if you want to get your five, your five questions, I guess you could send us five questions. If you want to get our your one question on an episode of five questions or have it possibly inspire an entire episode, 
because that's happened many times. It has, times. it has. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm Tom Frankly over there, or uh, DM Martin. You're Yo Martholomew. I am indeed. Because Martholomew is long for Martin. Yep. We are both on Twitter at those exact same handles. And I would say Twitter and Instagram are probably the best ways to send us questions. That's where I'm most likely to notice yeah. any sort of, you know, college info geeky yeah. stuff. We see them more often. Um, I don't know how great of a place Discord. So I think that Discord is a good place for people to discuss things. And if you want to get insight from other students, go to the Discord. For sure. But questions are going to like disappear so fast. Yeah, and I've noticed that unlike with Slack, um, I'll log into Discord and I'll see that I've been mentioned. But if it's far enough up, sometimes I just, I don't see it. It doesn't take you there. Yeah, I just, and there's no like jump to where you were mentioned button. Yeah. So that's one kind of downside with Discord. But uh, collegeinfogeek.com slash Discord if you want to join that. And there's, I don't know, well over a thousand other people there. It's good for like immediate discussion. It's probably better because what do you and I know? Yeah, I don't. We just look pretty know. on camera, I guess. Maybe uh, that's dubious. I think I'm pretty. Also. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah, and there's lots of really smart people in the Discord, so you yeah, and we get better and, answers and there. In a lot of cases, like if we're gonna answer your stuff in a five questions, we might not actually answer it for a few weeks. And if that's you need true. it now, you should probably just go to the Discord. Yeah. Now, if you want to get in the Discord, it's actually three gems, <laughs> plus four silver broached eggs. Oh yeah. <laughs> Now, you get those through a lottery <laughs> machine that uses gems. Right? Yes. You get those from gems, and you're going to need to spin that by buying voucher points. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I need is I need you to pay enough money that I can have enough money to sort of forget that I hate myself for creating this system. <laughs> and that takes a quite a lot. How many levels of abstraction and currencies can I invent before I no longer feel the horrible guilt? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's our first question? Oh, okay. So we got this first question. It's, you know, it's uh, basically, how can I keep focus? How can I get through it if I'm currently going through a breakup? Ooh. Some tough stuff to start off the episode. Yeah, that's, that's a great segue from our, our joking banter in the intro. Well, that's the reason that I'm so sad that I have to make a uh, several you know, abstracted currency-based microtransaction system. You're going through a breakup. Yeah, it must be that. No. And you should probably clarify. No, it's not, not happening. You're not going but, through a breakup but, at this very moment. But if Ashley breaks up with me, I cannot guarantee I will not cope via a multiple abstracted currency microtransaction system. Well, I guess that's one way you could do so it. So that's the first tip. Have you gone through a breakup before? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever asked you. Wait, actually, I know you have. Were you the dumpy or the dumper, or have you been I've had, both? I've had one that was more me breaking up with the other, but it was also kind of mutual. There wasn't, like, a disagreement. It was like, hey, I think we should do this. And they were like, yeah, you got a point. And then um, – So that was, like, a mutual thing. Yeah, it was, like, a mutual thing. Okay. And then there was one where I was broken up with. And, you know, neither were that fun, but they did happen. So with the one that you were broken up with, I think that this is going to be the most relatable case for somebody – who's having a tough time focusing because of it. Yeah. Were you were you heartbroken? Um, like to put it simply. I don't know if I would I mean, yes, but maybe I was just being dramatic. We hadn't been together that long. Okay. You know? But I definitely didn't feel good. I did I did feel pretty terrible. Yeah. You know, it was uh, the world is unjust sometimes. Yes, it is. What are you going to do? But also high school relationships. But yeah, also, yeah, you know, it wasn't that long. It probably wasn't founded on much. What are you going to do? Well, I guess the one thing I'll put up front is that I learned many a good lesson from being broken up with. So uh, clearly, you know, it's it's not going to be much comfort to somebody going through it right now. But I think every breakup has its silver lining. Yeah. You learn to be a better person. You know, or you learn the qualities of the person that you did like or didn't like, and that helps you the next time around. But yeah, when I was 16, I was dumped and it was pretty harsh and I was depressed for like a full month. And that was awful. Uh, and I've also been the person doing the dumping. Uh, and that was, that was my previous relationship, with, which was my longest before now. It was a year and a half. And she was like pretty convinced we were going to get married and everything. And, you know, eventually I came to the point where I was like, I, I know that that can't happen. So we have to end it. So I've been on both sides of that table, um, and I'm not sure what you would say, but I think like the biggest thing that I had to learn to do was number one, cut contact for a while. Oh yeah, because back when I was 16, like 
she wanted to break up with me, she, but we've known each other since we were kids. So she was like, we can still be friends and talk. And for a while I thought, yeah, I could do that. But of course it was, it was my brain saying, yeah, because if I do that, then eventually she'll take me back. She'll realize that she made a huge mistake and that never worked. So every time I'd see her, I would just put myself right back into the deepest part of the hole. Yeah. Which was terrible for work. Luckily I worked in a bakery where all my work was manual labor. So I could kind of turn my brain off and just put cookies on sheets and put the sheets in the oven and just get done. Um, but what do you do if you have schoolwork to do, or if you have a mentally taxing job? Yeah. So, uh, being able to focus on the small stuff, like the, like the bread thing, that's helpful, but it doesn't have to be that, you know, it could be any small activity. You could exercise more. Mm. You could, uh, exercise helps with like everything, every tip, every single question could end with, well, you could exercise and that would probably help some. It's true. It's like probably true. Then you can spite your ex by getting jacked. Yeah. That's the, that's actually the only (laughs) way. Yep. Um, so cutting contact definitely makes sense. I am on good or decent terms with anybody that I've ever been with or almost been with, but there does have to be like a little bit of a break in between. Like, sure. We could be friends later. Right. Give me a bit. Um, because our minds are so habit-based. Yeah. So we've got habits, we've got routines, we've got albums, we've got places, all of which are going to bring our brain right back to what it associates the person that we just broke up with or broke up with us. Yeah. So I've cut out like entire artists that I wouldn't listen to for a long time. Not because Mm -hmm. I, you know, I could listen to them now probably. Yeah. But you just need a break. And um, if you've got a part of your routine, like right after class, um, you go get lunch with this person, you know, you're going to want to replace these habits with something else so that you're not done with class. And now the only thing you can do is go, huh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm not getting lunch with them. Like yeah. you, you need a new activity. You got to replace it. You need something new. And, uh, I think that's important because we're so habit based and you've got a lot of habits based on this person. Yeah. And they need to be replaced with other things because otherwise your brain's going to keep reminding you over and over all day long as you run into the right situations. Yeah, you reminded me there's a there's a song. This is like super melodramatic 16-year-old stuff, but um, the song In Loving Memory by Alter Bridge, after she broke with me, I couldn't listen to that song. It was just like make me just bust. Yeah, well, mu- music like, is like super emotional sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's like... It's, I, I don't know if it's a song about him breaking up with somebody or somebody he knows dying, but the way I interpreted it was like, oh, yeah. the person I was dating is now gone forever. This sad music is in the eye of the beholder. Yes. Yeah. And I, I can listen to it now. Like, no problem. Doesn't bring back any sadness because I've completely gotten through that relationship and we're friends now again. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like, I'm in the same situation where you are, where almost everyone I've dated, we're on good terms. Yeah. We don't necessarily I don't talk like having time. completely burned bridges just because I like... Yeah. I, I find it hard to hold grudges, so I'm always going to be friendly. Even if like they didn't right. like me, I'd be like, hey, I don't care. We're still cool. Yeah, and I think if you go into a relationship with the mindset that you and I have where I want you to be better off even if you end up leaving me, you know, I, everything I do is like from a position of wanting you to be a better person and you know, not, not an egocentric position. I think if both people in a relationship are using that, even if the relationship ends, like – how can you be mad at each other for the long term afterwards? Yeah. You know, we're all just people. And like one one of the people I was in a relationship with in high school, like I'm good friends with this person and Anna's good friends with this person. Yeah. And I mean, obviously there might be situations where like, you know, somebody does something really messed up. Right. Then I could see, but I've been fortunate enough to not deal with betrayal at this time. Yeah, That's a different thing. Of course, that's also something that may, you know, may be a factor for the person asking the question. Yeah, well then definitely, I mean, cutting contact is even more important in that situation. But, and and breaking the habits and associating them, get lunch with somebody new, find a friend that will get lunch with you or something, or Mm -hmm. just shift your lunch to a time where you can have lunch with somebody else. Like you wouldn't, you just need to replace the habits. Um, Also, I always viewed any relationship ending as like a, like a new beginning. And Mm -hmm. it was a bit of a coping mechanism. I could tell that I was trying to delude myself, you know, because I'm like sad. But I'm too busy. I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm sad. But actually, no, it's not. This is exhilarating. Actually, it's a fresh start. Yeah. And there's like nothing more motivating than a fresh start. That's why we have New it's Year's true. resolutions and stuff. We like, oh, it's brand new. Like what kind of life can I lead now? Yeah. What kind of what stuff can I learn from this? 
And maybe maybe in a few months or a few years, I'll realize, oh, wait, actually, I did something dumb. And now I'll learn from this. Or yeah. what kind of new hobbies should I take up? What kind of new people can I meet? Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess um, one other note, I never viewed myself as going through a breakup. Linguistically, okay. I don't know that I like that phrase, actually. Because true, it's making the breakup a present tense thing. Yeah, you're saying you're going. You're it, stuck I, it's in still it. happening to yeah. me, but it's not. It's it's like over. You're dealing with the emotions, yes, but saying going through a breakup makes it like I'm still being broken up with in this right. very moment, and that is not likely the case. I probably was broken up with. Yeah. And the way we interpret the world around us is really, really, really important. It's like our existence is like 99% what we're seeing it as. Yeah. You know, like I could. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's how you interpret it. And when you interpret it as a present tense thing, it might be harder to accept it as a past event. It, yeah, it's like, a, it's like the there are no problems, there are only challenges way of, of thinking about the world. I'm not being broken up with. I have been broken up with, and now my challenge is to get through it or to get over it. Yeah. You know, to become emotionally okay with it and to move on. Yeah, and there's a – like I – I mean, obviously, I'm going to focus on the linguistic things like that because mm-hmm. I think that's important. It's not in the present. It's in the past. You can't move on from the present Yeah, because it's still happening. And, and as far as dealing with the, the suffering and, and taking it as a challenge, I believe that that's mentioned by Viktor uh, Frankl in um, Man's Search for Meaning. Hmm. Um, he was uh, like a psychiatrist or uh, some sort of psychologist, psychiatrist type person or a neurologist, something to do with your brain. And he was in one of the uh, the uh, Nazi camps. As a prisoner? Yeah. And um, so he actually had the unique position of being able to study what kind of people make it through and what kind of people don't and how people cope. Mm. And one of the most important things was like, no matter what is taken away from you, your response to a challenge is always yours. Yeah. Always. No one can take that from you because trying to take that from you, they're giving you a new challenge to show that you can take calmly and with like a strong attitude. They, no one can take your ability to cope with struggle. That yeah. is like the bedrock freedom that we have. Yeah. Yeah. They can try, but they can't fully take it. You can always control how you choose to handle it and interpret mm-hmm. it. You know, even if I'm being murdered right now, I could still be like, oh yeah, well, Fine. I don't even care. Like, I still have that. They can't stop me from that. Yeah. From having a stupid attitude about it, even if I'm about to die. Nothing can take that away. Yeah. If I was being murdered, I would want to react like that. Yeah, just like, I don't know oh, if I'd be able oh, to, but... Oh, good work. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I would <laughs> react like that, but I have that freedom. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, the one thing I wanted to say before we move on is you got to talk about it, too. And not to the person who broke up with you, but... No, they to, probably shouldn't be your rock no, right now. to a, a trusted friend or a parent or just somebody that you know you can talk to. And sometimes you don't know you can talk to people until you try. You know, I've had that. I've had, like, discussions where I've had to tell somebody something about my problem because of a pragmatic reason. And then they're like, well, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know if you want to deal with my stuff right now. But and they eventually end up being a good person to talk to. Um, you can't just, like, let those feelings be bottled up obviously you can't dwell on it forever but you do have to talk about it at, at some point to somebody yeah you should you should be able to increasingly sort of look back accept it as a past event and maybe appreciate it for what it was mm-hmm. like all the habit switching and avoiding the music temporarily and cutting contact like by no means should you interpret this as block out all memories of this event mm-hmm. it's just that while you're trying to build the rest of your life that's going to help you move on yeah. You shouldn't be thinking about these things. But then do take the time to sort of try to occasionally look back or talk about it and be like, you know, actually, I think it's better off that this happened because yeah. of something. Like that's really going to be cathartic if you can reach a point where you do feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I think another good thing to mention is that it you shouldn't feel like you need to burn the memory of all of this time you spent together from your mind. Like, oh, it was wasted because it's over. I view every relationship I've had, whether I was the one dumped and I was heartbroken or I had had to end it, I view it as a good chapter of my life. Yeah. Like my life is a sequence of chapters and different things have happened. Different people have been in and out the revolving door. But for the most part, I don't regret having experienced any of it. Now that time wasn't wasted. It was experienced, Mm -hmm. which is 
what we do with all time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you were in an abusive relationship or something. Even with that, you probably learned something, hopefully. But if it was a good relationship and it ended, the fact that it ended creates negative emotions, but it doesn't mean that that entire relationship is now invalid and shouldn't be part of your memory. Yeah, although definitely... Like as as far as like an abusive relation, anything terrible like that, you should also probably like talk to somebody qualified to yes. help you deal with that. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not qualified to speak on that. Yeah, but, me neither. But that's an extra layer of help. You're probably going to want to talk to somebody who can like empathize and take that situation seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, talk about your feelings. Find somebody you can trust. All right. Question two. Uh, question two is. Uh, Oh, hey there. I'm uh, cur- currently applying. <laughs> I, they said hi. I, just, oh, hey I don't know why I decided that's what they said. Uh, I'm currently applying to graduate school. One of my research advisors has agreed to be a recommender for me, but they asked me to write the letter. I've, I've written my own for other smaller things, but I don't feel comfortable writing it for something as big as graduate school, and I have no idea how to write it, but I'm hesitant to outright say no. What should I do? Yeah. And this is something that I hadn't heard of before. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense when I think about it. Because if you're asking a professor to write you a giant letter of recommendation for something huge, that's a lot of work for them. It is a lot of work. So maybe they're asking you to do it because they want they want you to sort of get onto paper the qualities that you're hoping they will talk about. And I doubt that, I doubt any professor who it takes their work seriously, who, you know, has pride in the recommendations they make is going to take what you write and just stamp their name on it and send it off sight unseen. Yeah. They're I would hope, I would hope not. And, Cause that feels a little ethically dubious. Yeah. They're probably going to take it and they're going to say, okay, I'm going to change this and this. And that. I understand what they're trying to have me say. Now let me put it in my own words because I have my own perceptions of this person, but a, a blank page. That's tough. I've had people, you know, business colleagues message me on Facebook saying, hey, can you write me a two to three sentence testimonial for this product I'm building? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't know where to start. It is cool. It's, it's pretty good, I guess. You know, it's Ite. That's it. <laughs> Thomas Frank. <laughs> it's Ite. Thomas Frank. Yeah. Uh, that's work. So a whole letter of recommendation, I mean, that's even more work. And you might get the odd professor who will do it, but I don't think it's... I don't think you should necessarily be surprised when somebody asks you to draft it for them. Yeah, at the, I mean, at the very least, I could see giving them like a list of here's what they're looking for. And I probably would honestly include that like in the original thing. Mm-hmm. If I was going to ask, if I was like, hey, would you be down to write this? Um, if so, I've, I've attached something. Maybe you don't have to see it up front. You don't need to see what they care about. But I did attach something that has like a list of maybe what they're looking for, some yeah. things, if you're interested. And if you're not, just don't even open it. That could be smart, yeah. Because it t- takes the, the a little bit of work from them because they don't know what you're looking for, what the job's looking for. A graduate school, if they're more familiar, then, I don't know, just some points that you want to touch on maybe. I feel like, yeah, I, re- I really hope that they're going to change this of, the, of their yes. own because otherwise it totally breaks, like, the point of a recommendation letter. Thomas is the best student I have ever had and also has superpowers and makes the best French toast ever. Yeah. And I think like traditionally, you're not even supposed to see your own recommendation letter. That way you're not filtering out the bet. You're just like, oh, well, they said I suck. Let's hide that one. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just keep getting recommendations until somebody likes me. Like Mm -hmm. I remember specifically having some in high school where I, they were like, don't look at this. Yeah. I was like, okay. Keep it I in really the want to, but I won't. Or a lot of the times it was the professor sending the letter off to the college. And yeah, they, I would, they would send it right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's supposed to be directly from their perspective. So, yeah, I, I hope they're editing it afterward. Yeah. But if you feel weird about it, maybe just make it make your thing you're giving them just facts and stuff that happened and stuff you want to emphasize, but don't like straight up pretend to be, I, Professor Robinson, thought this student was very, like don't try to pretend to be them because then they'll edit it to pretend yeah, to be them. Yeah, and maybe you could write it about you, but yeah, what you said. Yeah. I, I, don't sign it as them or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it could get it could get weird there. Just make it a draft, you know, and be cognizant of the qualities that the school or the program or whatever you're trying to do, scholarship uh, is looking for. You know, and hopefully 
write about things that you know your professor has seen you doing or has experienced. Yeah, they, they need to be able you. to verify it. Otherwise, yeah. there's no reason so, for them to be the recommender. He just takes such good care of his dog. Don't actually know that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe you do, but maybe you're terrible to your dog. He has no idea. But he probably knows how you, you know, performed in your group project, how well of a leader you were, or, you know, how punctual you are, or how, I don't know, how well done your work was. Yeah. So focus on those things and also focus on what the, the school or the program is looking for and try to create something that hits the, um, you know, the intersection there. Uh, and for this question, we weren't totally sure on what to say. So there is a answer on Stack Overflow by an actual graduate professor saying, here's why I would ask for this. Um, so we're gonna link to that in the show notes. And then we also have an entire article on how to ask for letters of recommendation Oh, for well, any instance, so that, that will also be useful. It's yeah, it's pretty useful. We have this nice little repository of career articles like that now. It's been good. Yeah, and uh, I didn't write any of them. How awesome is that? Yep. It's because we have excellent writers who let me do YouTube videos and still put out amazing articles on resumes, cover letters, all that kind of stuff. But yes, we now have one on uh, how to ask for letter recommendation. This week's episode of our show is brought to you, like basically every episode now, is by our friends over at Brilliant, who make an excellent learning platform for anybody interested in learning math, science, or computer science much more effectively, but also for anybody who wants to become a more capable learner and problem solver in general. Brilliant has a expansive course library of courses on probability, on algebra, uh, math for quantitative trading and finance. They've got science courses on things like classical mechanics and gravitational physics and computer science courses on topics like computer memory and algorithm design. So if you're interested in any of those kinds of courses, you're going to want to dig into what Brilliant has to offer because they take an incredibly active approach to building their educational material. So instead of sitting in a classroom, just being passively talked to and having things thrown at you so you can copy them down in your notebook, you're going to be immediately thrown into challenging problems that really tax your working memory, that really tax your, uh, your archives, of what you already know. And when you get stuck, which you will, I've gotten stuck many times going through their course on computer science algorithms, because that's an interest of mine, you're going to have to go dig into their very detailed wiki that has articles on basically every concept that you'll find in their courses, they have example problems, all kinds of good stuff. And then armed with that knowledge, you can go back into the courses and solve those problems. And by doing so, your interest remains high, and you become a universally better problem solver, which is going to help you in all the challenges coming in the future, including challenges in your career and challenges in personal projects and challenges in the classes that you probably are taking at, in college or high school or what have you. So if you want to check out Brilliant and start learning for free today, you can go over to brilliant.org slash college info geek. And if you're one of the first 83 people to click that link, well, I guess you could click it if you were in the show notes for this episode, but you could also type it in brilliant.org slash college info geek. If you're one of the first 83 people to go to that link and sign up, you're going to get 20% off of their annual premium subscription. So big thanks to brilliant for sponsoring this episode. Once again, that URL is brilliant.org slash college info geek. And this episode is also sponsored by our good friends over at hover which is the best place on the internet to get your hands on a domain name. And as we've talked about many times on this show, a domain name is a very integral part of your personal brand, which you should be working to establish because your knowledge and your skills and your passions, those are just the foundation. Those define what you can do, but you also have to communicate what you can do to potential employers, uh, to people that you may want to work with on projects as equals, or maybe even to people that you want to hire in the future if you're in a position like we are, where we're building an audience and we're building a company. A personal website and an established online presence is where that starts. And of course, you need a domain name. And as I said, Hover is the best place on the internet to get domain names, not least of which because they have over 400 different domain name extensions to choose from, including the classics like .com and .me, and also some fun ones like .limo and .ninja. And like I talked about last time I did an ad for Hover, I do have Thomas Frank dot ninja, which I will be doing some pretty cool stuff with. In fact, I have my second ninja competition coming up. Nice. I think in two weeks. So I'm going to have somebody film that. I'm going to make sure that Thomas Frank dot ninja at least goes to that video instead of just my Instagram. I'm going to start building out a website for it as well. I think Ninja Warrior applications are due in a few months. So it's going to be some cool stuff 
coming to that URL. Uh, but if you wanna get your own and you go to Hover, you're gonna find that they also have an incredibly unintrusive and easy process for buying a domain. With many other registrars I've worked with in the past, there's all these pop-ups and upsells and annoying things. You're not gonna experience any of those with Hover. You can literally buy a domain if you have an account in less than 30 seconds. When I bought the thomasfrank.ninja one, I actually timed it. It was less than 30 seconds, super easy. Also, once you have your domain, they have some cool features such as their connect tool, which allows you to connect your domain easily to website builders like Squarespace or online store builders like Shopify. And you can also create a professional email address for yourself. So for instance, I've got thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. It just lends a little bit more professional credence to my personal brand. And that's something you can easily do once you have your domain as well. So. If you are ready to get your domain name, then head on over to hover.com slash CIG. That is H-O-V-E-R.com slash CIG. And you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to that URL. Once again, hover.com slash CIG. Big thanks to Hover for sponsoring this episode and being a huge supporter of our show. And another thanks to Brilliant as well. Let's get back into it. So question number three. Number three. I feel so emo right now. Good. Get, <laughs> let's get I sad. I think I can see my hair. Yeah, I can. Um, so if you had flexible working hours, this should be useful because we do. Uh, how would you schedule them? Let's say the only constraint is to work the same average amount per day. as you, Like you work 40 hours. You still work 40 hours in the week. How mm. would you do it? Would you do eight hours for five days? You know, 640 for six days, 10 hours for four days? Or what? Or five forty with no days off. What What would you do? How would How would you handle that? And what do you What do you think the best way to structure your life around that is? This is a good question, and I think you have to consider other factors. So when I did my internship at the financial company during my uh, summer after my sophomore year, I did four ten hour days. So that way, I had Friday, Saturday, Sunday completely off, and. I wanted that three-day weekend. And that, that kind of changes the dynamic of the week because a five-day work week makes it feel like most of your days are work days and then you get two days off and that feels like very little. Four days on, three days off really reframes things. And it's up to you to decide. I mean, if you can do this, it's up to you to decide if, if 10 hours a day for four days is tolerable enough to get those three days. Like, is the three days worth it to go through 10 hour days, four days in a row. Maybe it isn't. Cause for me, that was getting up at 5 AM, getting to work at six and then leaving at 5.30, I think. Cause my yeah. lunch break. And will you even work that well? Like if it's, if it's something you really want to do a good job at, mm -hmm. will you even be able to focus that well? I worked fine. For 10 hours. Like, I mean, as, as fine as I could for a job that I could not yeah, stand. It totally depends on what the job is and how much it yeah. like requires of your creative focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I mean, there's a gym at that job. So every day That's I could just go down to the gym and so I wasn't compromising my health. Uh, they were not super strict about me being at my desk for those entire 10 hours. So if I wanted to go take a walk, it was like, ostensibly I'm there for 40 hours a week over the course of four days and I'm getting my work done. So that's satisfactory. If I had to work 40 hours a week and it was like, you got to put in 40 now, I'm not sure if I would do it. The other consideration there is four days versus five days meant that I was only commuting four days a week. Yeah. So I was saving myself probably an hour in the car or on the bus every single time or once per week. That's significant. Uh, that was a big thing with Anna's job is it took her about 30 minutes to get to work in the morning and usually 50 to get home every day. So that's an hour and 20 minutes every single day in the car, just basically wasted time. I mean, you can listen to an audiobook or something, but it's, yeah, it's very she limited. couldn't do what she wanted to be doing. So we talked about maybe having her go part-time because I'm like, you, you know, you're spending 80 minutes times five. So 400 minutes per week, just going back and forth in your car. Huge waste of time. I don't have to do that. So I suppose these days I am more okay with working more days of the week, but working fewer hours so that every day I can have time to do something I want to do, whether it be go to the rock climbing gym or the ninja gym or work on music or go see somebody, you know, it's, I don't have to go through four days of hell to yeah. get my three days. I'm more okay with the balance that I have now. Yeah. 
And I would say that's probably more where I am at at this point. I really like having, well, I try to get most stuff done during the weekdays because I do like having a weekend to spend time with Ashley to mm-hmm. do personal stuff. But I wouldn't want to work. I don't think I'd want to work 10 hours um, for four days unless I really pared down on what I needed to do because I'm focused on building certain habits that are going to help me get projects I want done, the exercise I need to do. And it's good you had a gym there um, and reading and all these things. And habits are built based on like repetition. Mm -hmm. So if I can't do them for four days, it's going to be – I'm not really going to have a good time building habits if I can only do them three days of the week. Right. And if my habits are small – like it's a little, oh, I'm going to read 20 minutes a day and I can only get myself to do it three days of the week. That's no good. And if I yeah. can't exercise well, if I could though, if I had to work 10 hours for four days, I would break it up. And that's what I do now still. Yeah. I don't want to work eight hours at once. I don't want to work 10 hours at once. That is a terrible waste of my brain. I will just, I will mentally die. Mm-hmm. I would break it up to have like four, two and a half hour shifts. Okay. Between which you have breaks to do other habits or to eat or to go outside or something. I yeah. would do that. Or if it's eight hours a day for five days, I'd do, you know, like two, four hours or, yeah. or three, two hour, 40 minute breaks. I mm-hmm. think that's the right one. Whatever if it's not. But I would break it up because then you still have some of the freedom. You get some of the point of a flexible schedule. Yeah. But you're still getting your work done. You still get weekends. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I don't even know if people need to work 40 hours a week. Yeah, if like, if you're completely doing your own thing, I don't know that 40 hours is a reasonable – like, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I have a goal, and that goal is to get down to five hours a day of work five days a week. Maybe even four. It seems, it seems crazy to only work 20 hours a week, but that that is a goal of mine because – athletics are important to me and music is important to me and spending time with friends and family is important to me. And I know that a lot of my work time is spent looking at analytics or, or doing things that I could have easily made a process for. Yeah. Answering emails. Like looking at way too many drafts of a video when I could just trust the editor and maybe it's not perfect, but it's good. You know? So I want to get to that point where it's like, I've trained people. I've built the systems. I've built the documentation and I now have five hours a day. And when I start that five hours, I go hard and I do exactly what needs to be done and I'm done. So maybe it's nine to two. Yeah. It's like, cool. All right. I'm going to go work out now. Yeah. Cause a lot of people aren't work. They're not working full intensity for eight hours. No, they're kind of just running out the clock. Like most of the important work is like probably done near the end of the day when you're like, Oh, I better or, get this in. And not in my case. Like when I had the office job, I would come in. Most of my important work was done in the morning. Okay. And then you Especially, just kind of waited. I would, I would get there at 6 a.m. and nobody else would get there until 7.30 or 8. So I would just crush it for two hours oh, in the morning. I did, I I did love time when I was alone. That is yeah. so good for, for getting good work done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd do okay in the, the late morning. And then I would go to lunch, come back, kind of just derp around for the afternoon until I was able to go to the gym. And then I'd come back from the gym and have maybe an hour left. And I would just sort of run down the clock. You yeah. know, and that doesn't sound great, but that's kind of like how the energy levels worked for me. In the morning, I was on fire, you know, and I got my work done and I got extra projects done too. So it wasn't like I was just, you know, I didn't have enough work to do. I asked for more, but I don't think that we need to work 10 hours a day or eight hours a day. Now, that stuff was developed back when it was like like factory Industrial jobs and, and stuff yeah. where, it, where it made sense because more hours meant like guaranteed more good work done. Yeah. And you it's know? funny. There's like this societal and generational guilt where we feel like, oh, our grandparents had to work eight hours a day in the factory, so I should be okay with working eight hours a day, even if it's in the office. And it's like, you know, no, you should work however long you need to work to meet your goals. Are your goals to live a balanced life where you can provide for your family and save money and get the work done that you've been assigned? Okay, can you do that in five hours? I think you can. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of opportunities for automation and efficiency building that they didn't have back then. Why not use them? And yeah. if you want to use that to just work more, go ahead, but don't do that at guilt. You know, there was, a, you know, so we did that whole episode on work-life balance. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I talked about how, you know, I, there was like this, this sort of societal guilt for doing housework and, and laundry. And I realized like my time is worth more than, than I would pay someone to do my laundry. So it makes sense for me to pay somebody. 
And somebody wrote a comment and they were like, I think you're just being lazy. It only takes like an hour every one or two weeks to do this. And I'm like, look, I kind of get where you're coming from because I maybe would have said the same thing three years ago when I was in do everything yourself mode. But there's nothing sacred or holy about those two chores. I think it's just like what we've been conditioned to do. You know, I don't go around guilting. Nobody goes around guilting people for for not roasting their own bones to make stock. Yeah, you ever you know, buy food from the store? You went to the store and you something? bought chicken broth. You didn't roast your own bones. That's pretty lazy. You only got to do that every once, every couple of weeks. Yeah, we do it with tons you of know? stuff. Yeah, so it, all these efficiency improvements happen and we, we latch onto them. But there are certain things where we're like, you're supposed to do that yourself. And I don't, I don't really know what causes that divide. I don't know what causes that mental divide to make some things seem okay and some things seem not okay, but it's nothing logical. Yeah. But yeah, the 40 hours, if you don't need it, then it may not be necessary. If you do need it, I like having weekends. Mm-hmm. If I if I wanted to work fewer than eight hours a day, though, I would, I would work like Sunday through Friday. There's yeah. got to be one day. There has to be at least a day where I don't make myself work. Mm-hmm. I can choose to, but there's got to be one where it's my choice. Yep. All right. Number four. Uh, number four is my screen is asleep. That is so, not a question. Oh, is my screen asleep? That is a question. The answer is yes. I can't tell. Oh, Your screen okay. is well, not now, facing Now me. it's not. Uh, here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't find the original thing. The original okay. thing for this was deleted. However, someone mentioned being discouraged at how good you in particular seem to be at so many things, particularly since you said you see yourself as the kind of person who does things only 80% and moves on. This and, question. Yeah. And the last thing that I want to do here in the in the podcast or with your videos is to be discouraging to anyone. Yeah. So, so how is being good at all those things achievable? And how is the answer not Tom's just better than you at stuff? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the one thing I got to put out there first and foremost is Anybody who is a public figure and are successful at doing so has an additional skill that they probably aren't broadcasting. It's like a meta skill. And that is they are skilled at looking good yeah, as a public like presentation. Figure. Yeah. So like if I go to the rock climbing gym, maybe I can climb a 510 plus and that I feel pretty darn good about that. But there are people there who can climb stuff that it will take me years to do. It's going to take me a long time. I am just just starting my journey there. You yeah. Know? It just it looks cool on so, Instagram, but yes. it's really a lot more approachable. Yeah. than it seems if you care about it. The other thing is um I mean it's how do you manage your time and how are you able to manage your time? And we talk about this a lot. How uh, there's like a seed planted and for a long time it has to grow its root network and then finally it sprouts forth and nobody gets to see the years spent underground growing that root network. Nobody got to see every famous musician's first 10 years practicing or playing gigs in no-name bars, just eking out a living until finally they get their big break. That wouldn't have come without all that time investment. Well, for me, you know, let's take that internship for example. I did four tens and almost all my time during that summer that wasn't spent working. And a lot of that time at work was spent building college info geek. Honestly, that wasn't, it wasn't a very health optimized time in my life. I was drinking energy drinks every day, like multiple, probably three. And I would come home and I'd get home at, I don't know, six, six thirty from the internship. And a lot of days I would just work on the blog until 1am and sleep four hours. Yeah, and obviously we, we would never recommend that. I don't so, recommend it. So but if you hear I us recommending good sleep patterns and then you assume that we do them yeah. all the time, that's not no, always That's true. the thing about the entrepreneurship thing. Like I'm never going to recommend that you sacrifice your health or you sacrifice your relationships for entrepreneurship. If you want to do it and if you want to do it bad enough, you're the kind of person who is going to ignore me and probably ignore your own mind's calls for sanity when it comes to your, your schedule and you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, there's. I guarantee you, there's people who listen to our podcast who are doing that. They're just like, you know what? I know Tom says sleep seven hours a night, but I don't care. I'm sleeping five, and I'm building my business. And in five years, maybe they're a millionaire. Yeah, I can't you know? say that I've never pulled an all nighter to do an ambitious thing. Yeah, it happens. I mean, I think you've done. 
I've done a couple. A couple, or not all nighters, but you've been staying up coding. Oh, I do that more than you should, like recently. Yeah. So there was all this time invested where I was not a visible presence on the internet at all. Nobody knew that I could. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't figure skate, and I couldn't rock climb back then. Um, I was in decent shape, but I was mainly investing time into my blog. And now we've built a business where sometimes we can take some time to go learn something. Yeah. So there's like an investment of time. So we got a lot of, there, when there's we more were flexible invisible time now. and now we're more flexible. So I could go take figure skating lessons in the morning. So, you know, there's some amount of privilege there. And some of that is like luck and some of that is societal. And, you know, there's, there's really not much I can say about that. Like there's inherent unfairness in the world in that regard. But some of it is just like the fact that I kind of went through that path already, like that chapter of my life already. And a lot of people I think looking at Instagram and stuff like that, they're in that chapter. Yeah. Like you're in grad school right now. Okay. Your life is grad school. So you don't have time to go get good at sports or get good at music because you're spending every single waking moment doing your research and writing your dissertation. Embrace that. Yeah. We graduated years ago. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's just not the same time. So just understand, number one, don't compare yourself to somebody else. Compare yourself to your yesterday. That's how I do it. Like I look at other people for inspiration, but when I'm making comparisons, I'm asking myself, how good was I yesterday? And am I better now? Yeah. You know, and even that can be dangerous. Cause I mean, you know, you've, you went through this whole period of life where you had your injury and you were looking at, uh, I'm worse your, than your, yesterday. Your three years ago, self's idealized version of you and being like, well, I'm not even close. I'm further away now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you went through something that that three years ago self didn't have to go through. So it's, yeah, it's no, not worth comparing yourself to that person anymore. You yeah. Know, now it's worth setting a new baseline. Yeah. And, uh, also like, first of all, we do have an episode on how to be good at everything. Episode 210. We do. Rapid yep. skill learning. But like most of your skills and most of my skills, really, all the skills are built up like kind of by themselves. Like there's a point where you were just ice skating all the time. Mm-hmm. And now you probably still ice skate to some degree, but then you were mountain biking all the time. Now you're rock climbing all the time. And like each one has a, a part where it is the dominant thing, Yeah, it seems. And and also we build up these systems with these habits that get us – like I'm slowly – I have a system that's slowly helping my language grow while it's not my main focus. Yep. But it's basically a combination of you've got habits and systems that will slowly guarantee growth. But then every once in a while, like we just become really – you become obsessed with the one thing. And that yep. is where like really big, fast growth happens is yep. when I can't stop thinking about the project. And we've had enough time out of school – and flexible time due to entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. whatnot to have a lot of time to give to obsessions. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I'm, I don't know who posted that. It was a Reddit username. But I get the feeling it was somebody who is possibly eight years younger than me or more. I And you know, yeah. what I, you know how good at everything I was when I was 18 years old? Not. Yeah. <laughs> I had good grades from high school, and I guess I could skateboard. Uh, I was not a very good football player. Didn't do very well in that. Very mediocre wrestler. I could play DDR. You know, wasn't really good at a whole lot of things. So there's like 10 years of development between then and now. Yeah. Yeah, when you take... many different hobbies. If you take the stuff like the system building, the productivity, the time management, the self-care that will help you do it, and then you apply it to years, Mm -hmm. it adds up eventually. We've just already had years. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do want to emphasize something you already mentioned. Rapid skill learning is in itself a skill. It is a process that you can do better than you probably are doing now. If yeah. you use deliberate practice and if you really hone in on what you want to learn, you break down the many skills involved in that, you go do the learning and then you do deliberate practice. Like you're going to make you're going to make strides in that skill whatever it is much more quickly than if you were just really casually practicing it. You know, I can play scales on guitar pretty fast. If I was just sitting there noodling around, never challenging myself, I wouldn't have made that progress. Sometimes I sit down and I'm like, all right, I'm going to put a metronome on it. I'm going to play this scale and I'm going to find different patterns to play it in. Or I'm going to sit down and like figure out, um, you know, I'm going to do the intervals, one, three, two, four, three, things like that. And it feels awful right now. But, you know, a day or two later, it's like, oh, I could do this. Yeah. You know, because I had to push myself. Um, that and then like taking breaks. That's big. So, I mean, like the one thing that I can think of, the first ice skating video I put on Instagram is me doing <clears throat> a, a fairly decent waltz jump. 
when I was actually practicing with my coach during that like that eight month period where I was just always ice skating, my waltz jumps were not nearly that good. And I moved to Denver. We did an ice skate for, I don't know, like a year and a half. And then we went to an ice rink once before I filmed that, kind of like got my sea legs back because there is a little bit of kind of relearning period when you're away from something for a while. And then we went to there and I was like, let's just try it. And it was very surprising to me to learn that, oh, this is easier than it used to be. I can jump higher and more confident. And weirdly enough, that break, that time away from the daily practice made me better. Yeah. So sometimes a break is worth it too. Yeah. And I guess just the the final point I have on this is that anything that you try, anything that anybody that's got an Instagram presence, they're doing stuff and they try and they're just the worst in the world at it. They probably aren't posting that one. Nope. No, like I I helped I helped Ashley sew something this morning, and let me tell you, it looks <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and I'll mention it because that's the point of this question. Mm. I am not good at some things, but just most of the time, people aren't going out of their way to show off things they suck at. That, that wouldn't even make any sense. Well, there was there was one time I posted a guitar video on Instagram, and I purposely posted a bunch of the takes that I did before I got the good one. And it's just awful. It's just me screwing up the same stupid line over and over again. But I wanted to make a point. It's like, you see this on Instagram, you think like, oh, he's good at guitar. Yeah, it's because I sat here for probably an hour trying to get this stupid line. And what I thought was, I'll make a quick guitar video for Instagram and it takes me an hour to do it. Yeah. You know, so it's just a lot of the things you just don't get to see. You don't get to see the development. Um, so don't compare yourself to everyone else's highlight reel. Same thing we talked about in the social media episode. Yeah. All right. Okay, so, we have one uh, more, right? Yep. Mambo number five is I use Duolingo to study a foreign language, but I'm not consistent with doing it every day. What do? Question what mark. Do? And uh, This doesn't sound like it's about Duolingo. Now, it's, it sounds like it's, one, a habit-building thing in general. Mm-hmm. Just It ha- just happens to be language learning at this point um and and my answer to this because it was a it was a tweet to to me about language and i really like doing short-term challenges for motivation and growth like Um, a 30-day challenge kind of thing yeah and right now i have a notebook written out with like and i'm dividing the month in half so like period two of october 16 through 31 i'm doing these things and i'll write out what my goals are and right now they're all daily but they don't have to be but it's just a little system that'll make you do it daily that you keep track of yeah. through Habitica, through a notebook like I'm doing at the moment, through Momentum, through any of the other ones that I don't Strides. remember. Yeah, plenty of I plenty of apps. But that will not work forever because it's not motivating to make mm-hmm. slow, minor maintenance and progress. Yeah. Every once in a while, I think you've got to really push it. Like I've got yeah. a pretty extensive daily like maybe it's 20 minutes maybe it's a half hour where i'm doing several things in japanese uh and then uh so a little bit of tiny maintenance for spanish and french but back in june i took two weeks where monday through friday every single day i had a half hour lesson with a personal tutor on italki mm. to, i watched like uh an episode of pokemon or something just for some listening practice in french yeah. and i did 20 minutes of duolingo that was a really motivating two weeks but i can't do it all the time Mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. So the little stuff keeps me making slow progress and keeps me from falling back. So I keep track of it. But every once in a while, you got you got to push yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, yeah, I think you also need to make it easy to do. So the activation energy, 20-second rule, we've talked about that. Yeah. Where if it's a guitar, have the guitar out in the living room on a guitar stand, easy to pick it up, easy to play. If it's Duolingo, maybe make it your homepage or have a bookmark. And it's just super easy to get into it. Uh, you know, carve out time. Um, make it painful to not do. You know, maybe you're using Beeminder or something like that. Or maybe you have an accountability partner. But I think the thing you said about having those periods of intense effort so you can really make progress that you can see, those are important. Because when I think, what is the thing that makes me so motivated to go to the rock climbing gym? Other than the fact that I find it fun. I think if I was climbing the same routes every single day, it would get boring. But most of the times that I go, I'm able to do something that I haven't done before. Sometimes I go and I can't, like I'm trying a route and I'm hammering away at it and I just can't get it, but maybe I get one move further and then I can feel like, oh, the next time I come here, I'm probably gonna be able to do this. 
my brain just hasn't hasn't internalized the technique yet. And now my forearms are totally pumped and I just, I can't do another attempt, but I know next time I come in, Oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That is what gets me to go every single time. Just like knowing that I'm going to achieve something new. Yeah. So find a way to, I don't know, create some milestones for yourself. Yeah. And I would, I would definitely try to find a certain time of day. Like when I wake up in the morning, I definitely post my photo to Instagram and then Mm -hmm. do my language practice before anything else. And once you do that kind of stuff long enough, it's kind of hard not to. It, yeah. it would feel strange not to do it. So, Is that before you eat and make tea and everything? I eat first because okay. then I, do the, I post the photo and uh, do the language practice so that I can sort of – my body wakes up, starts to digest the food. Then I, then I do a, a small amount of exercise like okay. once, because otherwise if I try to exercise first thing, I'm like not awake enough to do it safely. Yeah, yeah. So I give myself a little bit of time. Yeah, you got to wake up. What are the three elements? It's like, well, food's not one of them, but it's like move, well, it's, oh, movement, light, and water. Yeah, because so you, you need least, to raise like, your core temperature to where you're functioning well. And yeah. so I just, I use the other two habits that I'm trying to build as a buffer mm-hmm. to wake me up so that I can exercise. You know what's interesting? I really don't drink coffee in the morning anymore. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I drink it every day, but... There's never a point in the morning where my body's like, okay, you need your coffee. That's cool. I wake up and I do my morning routine and I make my smoothie. And then coffee will maybe come at noon sometimes. And I'll just be getting into work and I'm like, you know what would be great? A cup of coffee. And then I go make it. But it's interesting that that's just not part of my morning routine anymore. That's cool. And somebody, and this could be bro science, somebody had mentioned, um, they told me, that coffee in the morning is not a good idea anyway, because then if you're going to eat breakfast and have coffee, your your body's relying on the caffeine instead of the energy from the food. I want to do some more research hmm. into that. I'm not I've never sure because I feel like your body would still digest the food and get the energy from the sugars and everything, regardless of whether or not caffeine molecules are being used. But yeah, that's an avenue of research I would like to go Yeah, and uh, tunnel down at some yeah. point. Oh, and the reason um, a morning habit might make more sense is it's the most controllable time of the day. True. For, at least for, yeah. for my case and I think for most people's cases. At lunch, somebody might need me. In the evening, friends might want to hang out. But then in the morning, if I wake up early enough, I can avoid every other human. So Yeah, if you get up early, that time's yours. Yeah. Like I, like I said earlier with the internship, I'd get there at six, hour and a half at least. Yeah. It's mine. Just that whole office floor. It's kind of eerie, but also kind of cool. All right, so those are our five questions. Once again, if you guys want to get your questions on the show, you can DM us on Instagram, Tom Frankly for me, Yo Martholomew for Martin. Uh, Twitter is also a viable place. Either way, it's very easy for me to share questions with you, have you get them in our system, and then we get them on the show. Yep. Um, let's see here. We also have our Discord. I think we did mention that, collegeinfogeek.com slash Discord. If you want to d- discuss these kind of questions and everything else really with other students. We also have a, a pretty new feature actually, at least as I'm recording this, I created a chat room just called work room. I think it's called work room. And the purpose is to connect to it, but not to talk. Yeah. Yep. Because when I was a blogger back in uh, the dorm, or maybe not the dorm, maybe the apartment, I knew a guy in Texas who was also a blogger and I knew another guy. And he, I think he was in Des Moines actually. Um, and we would sometimes just get on Skype and just work. Huh. And it would just be a silent call, but it would be like we were sitting in the same room getting work done or the same coffee shop, even though we were hundreds of miles apart. And maybe every time you're like, okay, I'm going to say something. Oh, wait, wait. They're not saying stuff. They're working. He's working. I, I better I work should, too. I should just work. Yeah. So I just created work room. Um, there's also a, I, I think there's a 24-7 study music bot in there. So you can just connect to that voice channel and listen to study music all day. Oh. I think that we have some volunteers who are awesome by the way, because I don't think I could have gotten this working. They got it at just going 24-7. I had tried cool. to do it, but it would always it would always turn off after a couple of hours, but they figured it out. Hmm. So there's study music. Uh, yeah, we got all kinds of cool resources coming up. I am excited for the new website to launch. I am too. Because oh, I know you are. Because <laughs> it's going to be so much easier to find everything. Uh, until then, what else we got? We got the resources page, collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. If you want to find our favorite books, our favorite uh, resources like apps, tools, just things that can improve your life as a student and our packing guide for college. What is this going out? 
November something. I don't know if anybody needs a packing guide right now. I did yeah. look at the traffic, and that is one of our most seasonal pages. That would Just make sense. August and January. I guess <laughs> if you're really ahead of the game, yeah. If check you it really out. want to get ahead of the game, you want to make sure you got everything before everyone else goes shopping. Then you could check. Yeah, that they're going to run out of pencils. It's true. You need to get on that. Now that books page, though, that's pretty timeless. Yeah, there's always good stuff on there. Uh, and the show notes for this episode are going to be at cigpodcast.com/slash/two-thirty-seven, right? Yes. I think so. I'm going to check. I think so. Because I, I didn't believe, write it in there yet. I believe yep. it. Yep, 237. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, the description down below is where you can find that link. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, MySpace, SoundCloud. We're actually not on those two. Yet. I was just going to, yeah, yeah. They're coming up. They're getting. I actually don't want to go on SoundCloud because we already have a podcast host and I would have to pay yeah, I don't for do SoundCloud that. hosting in addition. And I don't want to do that. So sorry, you can't go check out my fire mixtape on SoundCloud. Though I do actually have a song on SoundCloud. I think you got rid of all yours. I did. I deleted my SoundCloud. That's true. Which is sad. You don't want to be an internet rapper? No. Come on, man. No, I don't. Like, I like, I like so what fame. I wrote. I like what I wrote. But, uh, Change the game, you know. I did. I you know that's all I wanted. I came in. I, I changed the game. And I got back <laughs> and then out. I deleted it. I let the game go back to how it was. I just wanted to show him I had the power. Yep. To change. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, it's not, it, that's definitely what happened. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, if you are subscribed, you could also share the show with a friend if you enjoy it and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Both of those things are highly appreciated, uh, but also appreciated is just the fact that you are sticking around, hanging out with us throughout these episodes. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. And we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute. Thank you.